up and back. Um, I love the sound of that bell. <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah, so nice. Uh, so I hope however that time was spent, there was a sense of um, perhaps deepening a connection with yourself, um, landing a little more in the body. Um, as I said before, we'll just move into the this practice time. So I want to invite, well, first, welcome everybody back, and then invite each of us to come into a posture that allows the body to feel upright and alert. And it may look like a sitting posture. It may also look like a, a lying down posture, whatever the body needs, because it's more of an energetic invitation to uh, these profoundly ennobling practices. And as we take our seats, as Jack used to say, I don't know if he still does, halfway between heaven and earth, which I love this invitation as it allows us to both root in, imagining our feet in this delicious loamy soil, holding us, connecting us to the nourishing, grounding energies of the earth, while also connecting to the energies of the heavens. It's almost like we click into place. Yeah. And again, if if it's helpful to lean into our Dharma sisterhood here, taking your place in the circle. Yeah. It's, a, it's stretching from Pacific Northwest and down into California, parts in the, in the middle of the U.S., into Virginia, Northeast Coast. I uh, don't know if any of our European sisters are joining us, but uh, allowing yourself just in these initial moments of the sit to kind of visualize your place in the circle. Yeah. Allow the body to feel a sense of belonging, of welcome. Or imagine the body feeling a sense of welcome and belonging. Like, oh yeah, welcome home. I might play with this image just a bit. For me, I always have us sitting somewhere in a meadow uh, around a bonfire. One day, perhaps, <laughs> we'll be able to do it in person. But that's always where my mind goes. And that there's a lot of space. So again, in these initial moments, just to play with the, play with the breath a little. So if we breathe in through the nose, maybe for a count of four or five. And then exhale through the mouth as if we are blowing out some candles for a count of six or seven. Yeah. And just taking a few moments again in the initial sit here to play with this breathing, if it works. It's not always easy to breathe through the nose, so let it go if it doesn't work. But this way of allowing ourselves to arrive ever deeper through the breath, one deep breath in through the nose, and then exhaling out through the mouth. Identifying here with a wind element. For those in the Rocky Mountain states, I know it's been windy. Um, this breath, uh, the wind element is this the movement of the breath through our bodies. And just taking just a few more minutes just to kind of align ourselves with this breath, this wind element. Imagining in your mind's eye, if it's helpful, sort of the, the wind through the 
quaking aspen leaves or um, on the hillside at Spear Rock. For those of you who've been on the land, those tall grasses. Uh, we can see the wind manifest through through nature or tossing our hair about. So let's breath in through the nose. And then an exhale. Gentle exhale, a little bit longer. If it's four in, it's six out. If it's five in, it's seven out. Yeah. So the invitation for the practice, the anchor, as you might be imagining, might be just to stay here, aligning with the wind element, having a mental image of it. That's helpful. And then just noticing how the breath moves through the body. And with this invitation to sort of inhale through the nose for somewhere between four and six, and then exhale somewhere between six and eight, it's not so much trying to control the breath, but more inviting in a connection um, to the body. I mentioned in a class a while back that when we take these deeper uh, inhale through the nose and the, the exhale, it allows us to engage the lower part of the lungs, which have the neuroreceptors to connect us to the parasympathetic system. So it can just help settle, relax. And giving the mind something to do to play with the images of wind. And it's a gentle wind. Yeah. Been a lot of storms recently. So not stormy, not stormy wind, but just sort of the gentle, the gentle breeze on a warm day. The way the wind can make the grasses dance. As it lives externally, it also lives within. And just allowing there to be an abiding with this natural force that we can see through the expression of something else. And we can certainly feel. And again, as I mentioned, for some of us, focusing on the breath is not useful. It's just more stress-inducing. So just let it go and allow the attention just to uh, perhaps tap into the sense of spaciousness. Uh, and the shared image that like, comes to my mind so often of us sitting in a meadow, there's a lot of space. Yeah, or the blue sky that is above us, even if there are clouds, that sense of spaciousness. Can we abide in that sense of spaciousness to feel it in the body between the cells, the muscles, the fascia, the organs? Imagining there being this plumpness of the cells, the spaciousness through the chest and in the belly. The, the forehead around the eyes and the jaw almost like we're just drinking in the spaciousness of the blue sky above us there's nothing else to do we're here the mind might have other ideas with commenting and judging and comparing okay we just let it go doing our best to not engage with that and allowing the attention to kind of keep reorienting either to the wind element, the feeling of a breath in, breath out. If that measured breath is helpful, feel free to continue. If it's not, let it go. Allow yourself to come back to kind of the regular breathing. Noting if it's more chest breathing or if there's belly breathing. 
and either staying with that or folding in the sense of inviting in the spaciousness, the element of space, yeah, air. And whatever image may be more resonant with you of inviting in a sense of spaciousness, it's certainly available in the sky above us. There's always more space in any room we're in than anything else. And allowing us to almost drink in again a sense of spaciousness in the body where there may be constriction if the mind is really busy or there's a tense, tense, tensing in the gut or in the chest. Just inviting in a sense of space that can hold everything. Can we allow this element of spaciousness to be a refuge? You know, the phenomenal space of our sanghas crossing state lines and time zones, a lot of space. Yeah. Can we avail ourselves of this sense of spaciousness that surrounds us? And for the rest of the sit, just invite you to kind of play with one or both of these, remembering there's no such thing as a bad sit. We come, we take our seats, we see how it is. And please feel my gratitude that we get to sit together.
eller I hope it was a good set, whatever that might mean. Um, <clears throat> so today, I want to build a little bit on last week's talk, which was a, a lot about the, the title was locating ourselves in the truth in the sense of okay, it's this new year, which may be meaningful, maybe less meaningful to some. It, it is a, a new beginning of sorts. And looking, but from last week, sort of where do we locate ourselves and how do we find, identify, connect with our own truth, not um, as to what is true for us in terms of what we really value, what brings meaning to our lives, what matters, that form of truth, but the ground that we stand upon when we're in a place of congruence, when the, the mind is steady enough, the heart is open enough, the body is relaxed enough. But there, we can be in a sense of flow and a sense of, again, uh, I really love the word congruence. And both being able to identify when we're in those places, even if it's just a moment here and a moment there, sort of noting, oh, yeah, this is what this feels like when there's a resonance and a connection with that. That's what we value, how we want to show up in the world, less about what it is we're doing because that changes. And sometimes it's satisfying and sometimes, <clears throat> excuse me, less so. But um, kind of in every moment, there's an opportunity to choose how we want to show up. Yeah. And the, the delight I speak of when we can notice, we can observe the thinking mind, therein lies the potential for choice. Yeah. Uh, if I'm like a nervous wreck or anxious or spinning out about something, when I can observe it, even just the naming, like, oh, I'm spinning out or I'm stressed out. In therein is there's a, an enlightenment. There's a Joseph Goldstein quote, just on point here. Um, every time we become aware of a thought, as opposed to being lost in a thought, we experience that opening of the mind. Yeah, and in that opening of the mind, there can be an invitation into a sense of spaciousness. Yeah, even if it's just momentary. And I think we can undervalue the moments when we feel like there should be the destination. When we get there, like, well, and it'll be better. And I'm like, no, sweetie, it's this moment. Is there an opening of the mind that can observe, oh, I'm really caught or I'm angry or grief struck or, again, spinning out? That ability to observe allows there to be a space. And it's not to say, oh, we can exchange our thought patterns really quickly. The wiring doesn't quite work that way. Sometimes that... um the default neural network is so strong, it takes other forces. Like um, if it's music or meditation can work, sometimes it's too much if the mind is too busy. So how do we become more embodied to be able to then come back into an alignment with what do we really value? How do we know what matters? And the invitation for the, the sit really of sort of paying attention to the wind element and space helps us to locate ourselves in a broader sense, a broader experience. When there's a, a nervousness or an anger or constriction, but it's constricted, right? We get smaller. And it's really, it's things get smaller. We can kind of spin in a, in a circle, whether again, if it's whatever the uh, more negative, cha more challenging emotion is, it can, can it would constricts us. It makes us smaller, tenser. We can kind of round in, want to protect ourselves. And that, very courageous step of being like, well, is this how I want to show up? Is a big question. But then having an alternative 
this is the the idea we're often told like well just let go of this like it sounds so easy just let go the what <laughs> you know that question like it's not so easy just to let go um it can be kind of a nothingness or like that sort of startle of what does that mean um so having an alternative experience of oh what's this spaciousness like so like today I mentioned it a number of times and as I do in our time together my fantasy is sort of us all being in some beautiful alpine meadow somewhere to invite in a sense of spaciousness that whatever it is whatever the mind gets constricted about there are alternatives um so this is a poem uh from julie fenrenbacher the cure for it all go gently today don't hurry or even think about the next thing walk with the quiet trees can you believe how brave they are how kind model your life after those blow kisses at yourself in the mirror especially when you think you've messed up forgive yourself for not meeting your unreasonable expectations you're a human not god don't be so arrogant Praise fresh air, clean water, good dogs. Spin something from joy. Open a window, even if it's cold outside. Sit. Close your eyes. Breathe. Allow the river of it all to pulse through the eyelashes, the fingertips, the bare toes. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe until you feel your bigness, until the sun rises in your veins. Breathe until you stop needing anything to be different. And it sounds so simple, you know, be like, well, take a breath, you know, breathe more deeply. Sometimes like, yeah, thanks. But this beautiful, the imagery here of breathe until allowing the sun to run through your veins. The river, where is it? Uh, Allow the river of it all to pulse through the eyelashes, the fingertips and bare toes to allow the pulsations of that river, the ebb and flow of that river to move through the body, to include the body. Because when we limit to the metaphorical river just throwing through our mind, it's a mess <laughs> often, right? Just We can get so caught and spun and we just think that we get really um, kind of caught in the smallness of it and in in being caught in an eddy. We stay with a water image. But this idea, this invitation from the poet, I think is so lovely of allowing this river to pulse through all of us. Yeah. And that each of us here in this group, our Dharma sisters who aren't with us today, to all the humans everywhere, this river is pulsing through us if we allow it. Which it takes a fair amount of courage to say okay to that because we are yielding a control, which we don't actually have anyway, but we can kind of fake ourselves into thinking we have. So it's allowing like, okay, this is how it is. This is what's happening in my life. It's positive. It's negative. It's pleasant. It's unpleasant. It's joyful, it's sorrowful. Mm-hmm. That is the dance of life. But when we put up the barriers to kind of keep us safe or to protect ourselves, um, that line of you know the false sense of security is the only kind there is. And where are we investing our energies in staying safe, staying secure? Um, often they're kind of equated with, as Tarbach speaks about the false refuges or things that don't actually bring security, then comes in the the teachings of impermanence, right? One of the givens in this life, all that arises will pass away. All of those we are close to, we will lose. This moment will never come again. And not seeing, and this is nothing new to say, but the notion of that not being, oh God, 
that's terrible, but more, oh, yeah, that's how it goes. You know, all that we love, we will be separated from, given. Okay, so if that's given, how do we want to show up? And how do we step out of patterns, thought patterns, conditionings, behavioral patterns that limit our ability to show up in the way that we most want to be able to be available, to be present, to have some flexibility, which means not being rigid, to be able to embrace the life we have rather than the one we think we should be living. Yeah. Um, Give up the fight by Gretchen Haley. Give up the fight for some other moment, some other life than here and now. Give up the longing for some other world, the wishing for choices, for other choices to make other songs, to sing other bodies, other ages, other countries, other stakes. Purge the past, forgive the future, for each come too soon. Surrender only to this life, this day, this hour, not because it does not constantly break your heart, but because it also beckons with beauty, startles with delight. If only we keep waking up, this is the gift we have been given. These body clothes, this heartbreak, this pulse, this breath, this light, these friends, this hope. Here we remember ourselves, all a part of it all, still growing together in this moment and in the next. And it does that initial invitation of give up the fight, put down the fight, understand that we are fighting. Sometimes we are just so habituated to, this isn't right, this isn't fair, who can I blame ourselves, someone else, that the uh, constant dissatisfaction, which is another, which is the first noble truth in this life, being human, it comes with um, dukkha, translated as stress, dissatisfaction, uh, wishing it were otherwise. We're kind of wired that way, which is really too bad that in all the years of human evolution, we haven't transcended that. <laughs> it's an opportunity for each of us in every lifetime to work with that. But again, that's a given. Yeah, the, the inclination to being dissatisfied, the inclination to, to believing the stress. Stress comes. Any number of studies will say that there's the way in which stress is healthy until it's not. But this way, these are givens. Yeah, there's no... Um, sort of perfect path through that could spare us the dissatisfaction, the losses, the sorrows, the heartbreak. Yes, welcome to the human realm. Yeah. Okay. So if we can rest in that, that's a place of safety. Oh, these are givens. Okay. As a way of releasing us from the fault for ourselves, like, my God, I messed this up, or I shouldn't have done this, or this shouldn't have happened. I wish I wouldn't have made that choice. Okay. That's a lot of energy that's not really serving us or going anywhere. Or it can be more externally directed of blaming whomever we want to blame. Again, is it a good use of energy? That line of working with the um, working with our thoughts or the invitation when we watch the thoughts and being able to note: is this thought process, this thought train, leading me to a place of ease, or is it stressing me out? Okay. And in answering that, then what do we want to do? So part of this is also really allowing ourselves to claim the power that we do have over the way the mind goes. Absolutely, sometimes we need help. Um, Those pathways can be so uh, well-worn, like a California freeway. So it can take help to find the alternative routes or 
cultivate different pathways, which meditation practice does. Again, from the quote from Joseph, when we can see what the mind is doing, where our thought is going, oh, it's so cool. Check it out. This is where the mind goes. If left unbidden, this is what happens. It orients, it may orient towards stress. What's wrong? What am I worried about? There's a lot in the world to be worried about. Sure. Okay. Is the Dalai Lama, this is not a new quote, but it's one version of it is attributed to the Dalai Lama of if you can do something about that, what you were worried about, can you do something about it? Great. Then take that action. If the thing that you're worried about, can you do anything about it? No. Okay. Can we shift away? And that's where it can be tended like, well, just let it go. Like, no, we can perseverate. There's that charge to it. It's not so easy of just saying, okay, I'll put it down. So it can be helpful to bring in an alternative. Like, well, we could think this, or we could think this. We could give the mind the ability to work with the phrases of loving kindness. May I be happy? May my mind be at ease? You know, the, the pathway might be to worry, to perseverate. Okay, hey, sweet mind, try this. May I be happy? May I be at ease? May there be stillness in the mind? Yeah. Again, there's allowing there to be uh, a sense of our own empowerment to make choices about where the mind goes. Both noting where it's going, how it feels in the body, bad, or this is good. And I think it's helpful for, for myself to be really, to use the practices of the elements like wind, or earth, as I mentioned in the arriving sequence, to be able to locate ourselves in the body on this earth. We are, and this is an animal body. Yeah. That great line from Mary Oliver's um, Wild Geese, you do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees a thousand miles repenting in the desert. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair yours and I will tell you mine. But being able to locate ourselves in this animal body that resonates and vibrates with the external world around us and resonates and vibrates with our own um, fabrications and um, workings of the mind. Being able to find a sense of refuge in this body of ours, even when it's like broken or uncomfortable or unpleasant, those of us who've gone through a lot of traumas, the body, it may take some work to release and move through that trauma, to be able to find a place in the body that, yeah, I can rest here. Some of the body, no, but you know, where in the body is it possible to locate and find a place of refuge, a neutral place, okay, as a way of grounding. Oh, in this body, on this earth, how is it just now? Yeah. Um, from Teresa of Alba, this magnificent refuge. This magnificent refuge is inside you. Enter. Shatter the darkness that shrouds the doorway. Be bold. Be humble. Put away the incense and forget the incantations they taught you. Ask no permission from the authorities. Close your eyes. Follow your breath to the still place that leads to that invisible path. So all of these poems are certainly similar in their invitations of come back, breathe, and then open. Yeah, much like Joseph's invitation of, if you follow the thought pattern, um, there'll be an opening of the mind. Another quote that's 
um, will be familiar to many of you, whatever we frequently think about and ponder, that will be, so becomes the inclination of our mind. Yeah, we shape the mind by what we think. Yeah, it's both cool and terrifying. (laughs) But again, allows us to feel a sense of our own agency of what am I inclining the mind towards? Is it towards (laughs) worry and fear? There's plenty of that to connect with for sure. And sometimes it's useful, but being able to check, is it useful? And where might I rather incline the mind? Um, I'm going to read one more poem and then we'll do an exercise. And this some of you have heard before because it's one of my favorites by Martha Postlewaite, The Clearing. Do not try to save the whole world or do anything grandiose. Instead, create a clearing in the dense forest of your life and wait there patiently until the song that is your life falls into your own cupped hands and you recognize and greet it. Only then will you know how to give yourself to this world so worthy of rescue. So I'm going to invite each of us to close our eyes and kind of come back in to your own form, sort of leaning back away from the computer. To allow there to be a focus on the breath again. Fresh new air in the lungs. Allowing that breath to be moving the belly. As the inhale can push the belly out and the inhale contracts the belly. Just so again as a way of locating ourselves in the lower half of our body, engaging the parasympathetic system, allowing the air to move through the body through the fullness of the lungs. And to invite each of us to follow that image of creating a clearing in the dense forest of your life. I often switch the language of the dense forest of the mind. Sometimes there can be so much chatter or commotion in the mind that it can feel like this dense forest. And so if you are to allow yourself to create a clearing in the mind, the clearing in the busyness of your life. What's it like? Allowing the fullness of this image to come to mind, of this clearing it may have, a a creek that runs through it, it may be mountainous, it may be by the beach, maybe on a vast sense of planes, maybe in your backyard, but really allowing the sense doors to open to take in this particular clearing for you on this particular day, this clearing as refuge, as a place that's safe, welcoming, beautiful. What's the weather? What's the sunlight 
Are there any smells that you're aware of? What catches your eye? What delights you? And being very intentional about how you enter this space, this clearing. What might you leave behind? What might you set down to be picked up later or not? Much as we walked into the temple, through the temple doors together earlier. But allowing there to be an intentionality and a slow pacing as you enter into this clearing. And in the mind's eye, just watching how you move into this space. Noticing your breath, allowing yourself to stay connected to the body in your mind's eye and to have a felt experience. Yeah, I'm moving into this sacred space this sacred clearing that can allow there to be a sense of inner spaciousness as much as it is outside of you in this clearing of your creation of your imagination so it dwells within you and allowing there to feel a sense of no separation, no difference as it is externally so it is within oh yeah, this spaciousness Imagining that the body is relaxed as could be. Again, with a sense of spaciousness in the cells, in the fascia, in the muscle, in the organs, in the mind. Exhale. And just noticing how it feels to allow yourself to be in the center of this clearing. And in this place, what matters? What matters in terms of how do you want to show up? to meet this moment, to meet this day, to meet this lifetime, to meet this body, these friends, this life, not the life we think we should be living, not the life we wish that we were living, but this very life that we are in. And while we're still in this clearing, as we consider our lives, to notice or call in that which is beautiful, that which delights you, allowing the mind the luxury of orienting towards a sense of gratitude, even if things are a big mess, sort of looking for what's beautiful. And again, it may be within the confines of this particular image of the the natural world you may have created in your mind's eye, but then also folding in the small gifts of your life. Yeah. And allowing there to be just the touching into what are we grateful for? And seeing what comes up, what might 
fill in some of this clearing. If we cast that net wide for what we're grateful for, almost imagining if they're sort of wildflowers that may be blooming as representations of that which we are grateful for, for the health that we do have, for the friends that we do have, for the capacities that we do have, for the Dharma, for the connections we have, for the food that we have, you know, on and on, and allowing it to stay in the in the mundane, in the simple, in the available. And how is it to locate yourself in this wildflower field of things that you're grateful for? And are there any other things you'd like to infuse this clearing with? My invitation to fill it with a sense of gratitude. And what heart qualities might you wish to infuse this clearing with? And this invitation to to fill in this clearing such that after class, this can be a place to return to. This can be a refuge. And you're filling it in with that which will nurture you and be a place of a refuge, of comfort, to return to again and again and again. This place of spaciousness and breath and steadiness. Gratitude. And what else? What might you lace this clearing with? And just take a few moments to really Allow yourself to fill in, to embellish, to decorate this clearing of yours. May it serve as a refuge, a place of nourishment, a place to return to, to connect to the truth of your own goodness, the truth of your own heart qualities, truth of your own strength. And again, allowing yourself just to linger here, making it as real tangible, as felt, as possible. Knowing it is always available. So, thank you so much for your kind attention. I'm going to stop here. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.